podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It was a case of gone in approximately ten and a half seconds as Christian Eriksen's early opener from the kickoff, followed by a comical Phil Jones own goal, set Spurs on their way to a comprehensive 2-0 win over Manchester United. As we have the last word on Spurs in our stoppage time special. Here's a chance. made a run Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As you should know by now, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this Last Word on Spurs, we'll be looking back at the 2-0 win against Manchester United at Wembley. We'll be taking a host of questions for tonight's panel and looking ahead to Liverpool to come at Anfield at the weekend. So, let's introduce the guests for tonight. We've got John Mannings back on the show. John, how are you? Yeah, very good, thanks, mate. Looking forward to this one. Yes. John, you're always here for the big ones, aren't you? Real Madrid, Man United, not not bad. Well, yeah, I've managed to pick pick and choose my uh, my slots lovely this season so far, <laughs> haven't I? <laughs> Hasn't been too bad at all. We must reserve you a spot, John, for the Champions League final, of course. Just mark that one down <laughs> early. In. Fingers crossed. Joining John tonight, we've got Jason McGovern back with us. Jace, how are you? Absolutely fine, mate. I'm delighted all my predictions came so true. Yeah, we're going to be coming on to those, Jace. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, last but so not least, we've got the founder of Raw Talent and BBC Apprentice winner, Lee McQueen, back on the show. Lee, how are you? Boys, very well. Ricky, how you doing, buddy? I've been good, Lee. I've been good and not bad on the back of last night either. I tell you what, Lee, we're going to stick with you because you was there at Wembley on Wednesday night. So, a tremendous performance from Spurs and result overall that really now has capped off a great week for us, which sees us two points off fourth place Chelsea, six points clear of Arsenal in sixth, and whilst trimming the gap to second place Man United by five points. What a win, Lee. What did you make of it? It was fantastic, yeah. I was there last night. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's quite... I, I, uh, I was chatting to some of the, uh, my, my guys that were with me yesterday um, and I was saying, yeah, we just need to start really quickly. And then before we knew it, it's, we're 10 and a half seconds in, we're 1-0 up. And I think, I think you know, every time Spur or Tottenham start quick and they're out of the traps really quickly, we, we can affect the game so much more. The tempo's up, the, the uh, moving the ball quickly. And I think that early goal yesterday just set the, set the scene. Uh, Manchester United's game plan, I suppose, went out of the window within 11 seconds. I mean, it was absolutely perfect start, wasn't it? It was crazy. I mean, I'm going to throw some questions throughout the night, Lee. Can I ask you this one? This is what Danny Walsh asks. He says, what do you reckon changed from the Newport game to the United game other than just the attitude? I think attitude's a big thing. I mean, I run a business. It's all about attitude and behaviours. Um, and, and, and I think it's a massive thing in business. And I think it's a massive thing in sport. And I, and I do genuinely think it was attitude. Um, I also do think, I don't know what the, what you guys think, lads, but I, I also do think there was a bit of a, a flu situation. I don't want to sound like mm. Lasagna Gate again. <laughs> but uh, the over, uh, overhanging from the Swansea game, uh, sorry, the Southampton game, and then coming into the Newport game, I think there was maybe something going on there. We just didn't. We felt sluggish. We didn't feel mm. feel like we fancied it or, or or whatever. I think you know when you've got a record Premier League um, crowd in front of you um, yesterday, the stage was set, and we come out of the traps really quickly. And I think it just set the scene basically. Yeah, it really did. I mean, John, they certainly fancied this one. That's seven out of our last eight games that we won at Wembley. We've an aggregate score 
of 25 to 4. That's courtesy of Ben Pierce there, that stat. I mean, unbelievable. And John, we still have to remember, it's only one defeat all season at Wembley in the Premier League against Chelsea. Are we sure we want to leave this ground, John? <laughs> I tell you one thing: if the, if we don't start off blindingly at the new ground, we're going to be clamouring to go back to Wembley. Isn't it we, crazy? Can you, can you ever imagine that? Oh, dear. crazy! All the stuff about hoodoos and what mm. have you has quickly been put to bed, and and here we are saying we don't want to leave Wembley. It's insane, really. John, what did you make of the game itself? I mean, what a performance! Yeah, it weren't bad, was it? It was it was one of them games where, to be fair to Man United, it was pretty even until we went one 0 up. So, you know what I mean? Don't want to go too overboard. <laughs> Don't want to go too overboard oh, about, you know, about the performance and all that. But oh, that, the start, you know, when you're starting off a game like that, you know, Eric Dyer said it afterwards, we've been looking to start quicker. Cause oh, that's not bad. A, a, lot of, a lot of times just recently, it has been a bit slow and a bit, I don't know, it just, just don't feel like they're, they're right at it. But last night, everyone to a man was bang on their game. And it was, it was just, I mean, we couldn't have imagined that start. It was unbelievable. It's sluggish, isn't it, John? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, isn't it? Like, yesterday wasn't. Mm. But, you know, it, maybe three, yeah. four games. Three, four games before that, it just felt like it was a bit sluggish and it was a bit, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe they were tired. I don't want to throw that into the mix. But I think what it is, something... Lee, maybe you get out of the back of that Christmas New Year period yeah. and everyone's a bit low on energy. And then, for whatever reason... You know, I, the, the, the post-Barcelona um, week off didn't seem to help, really. But maybe, it was, hopefully, that, that little rest will start paying dividends now with this run of games we've got coming up. Yeah, great. Yeah, it was an unbelievable start. And it's, uh, it's just, it was nice to see Ericsson come back and uh, affect the game so so quickly. And obviously, you know, we've, been, we've missed him. And he comes back and he does that. He's the uh, best thing since sliced bacon, that fella. I love him. <laughs> It's about, it was about the amount of space as well, though, ch uh, chaps, wasn't it? You know, mm -hmm. the amount of space that was being created. I mean, I know we'll get on to him. I know Ricky was just talking before about Dembele. But he was creating so much space in the middle of the park. I mean, Pogba and Matic, like, they were on different planets, I think, between them, what, what they were doing. And Ericsson in space is, is a genius. He is. You cannot give him it. And Jace bringing you in. And let's be fair, Jace. I mean, when we're doing the predictions... You wasn't that very kind to Spurs, and Cameron Yale Jr. points out, he says, I want to hear what Jason says, to be honest, after that result. I couldn't believe it. Still thought we might nick it. Didn't think we'd dominate the game. I mean, Jace, on the back of your prediction, was you pleasantly surprised? I was absolutely delighted. I think, <laughs> first of all, when, when the previous question said what was different about it, well, going a goal up in 10 seconds makes a, mm. a huge difference, doesn't it? Because as, as Lee says, it changes their game plan. The whole yeah. atmosphere of the game changes the crowd. Well, those that are, those that are actually in the ground at that stage are, are absolutely then buzzing. But, and I think in in a little bit of mitigation, I think probably most of us thought they would play with three in midfield, not with two themselves. I expected Herrera to play alongside Pogba and Matic. And um, you know, when I put that that poll out yesterday about what should be our pairing, only twenty percent of the Two and other thousand that answered went for Dembele and Dyer. So, you know, I think that also justified a little bit of fears. But I have to say, Moussa Dembele was, was absolutely exceptional. And, and I thought Eric Dyer was, well, the whole team was exceptional. And, yeah. and they showed their form of six, six months ago, 12 months ago. And, and they showed a performance that neither of them have, have put in for a lot of the time this season for, for a whole variety of reasons. I mean, in fairness to Eric Dyer, he's been shifted around but I think you know they, the two of them really set the tone and, and it suited them I think going up against just Pogba and Matic Matic is a little bit static and that so I think and, and Pogba isn't exactly disciplined in there so you know I think that I'll, I'll say that a mitigating 
factors for me. But, uh, I mean, Kieran Trippier came in. I thought he had a brilliant game. The whole mm-hmm. team. You know, Hugo only had two saves to make all night, made, made two cracking saves. And uh, Jan just coasted from man for man. It was exceptional. And probably the only disappointment on the night was that with a little bit more clinical finishing and if Harry had had his, his 99 goal shooting boots on, we'd have, uh, we'd have won it a lot more convincingly than we did. Do you think, Jase, you have to kind of make it clear that, you know, from the Spurs perspective, a lot of people talk about United not playing well, but is it more of a case that Spurs just stopped United from playing? I mean, the goal obviously early helped, but you could honestly say that Spurs, their game plan, United didn't know what to do, and that was the element that I said to John before we started the show, that I don't think I've ever felt so comfortable, Jace, being tuned up against Man United. It's just a bizarre thing, and I was a Spurs fan, you shouldn't feel comfortable, but I was, was, was you the same? I felt a little bit like the... Um... The Arsenal game at the end of White Hart Lane, where you know it was a big game of which we were totally comfortable and totally dominating from start to finish. Obviously, that day we got the goals in the second half rather than the first half, and we missed chances that day. But at no stage that day did you feel like we were under under any real threat. I mean, they they responded to that early goal in fairness and had that that chance for Lingard. But over the course of ninety minutes, no, you know, always the game is partly decided by both sides how both sides play, but. But we, we dominated it, and, and anyone that wants to just like blame it on Man United playing poorly, well, that's ridiculous. You know, Tottenham should take all the credit from it because we we hounded them down, we we forced them into the mistakes, and, and our, our ethic and effort on the night was far greater than theirs. And I think, you know, the fact that Mourinho was, was, was you know, he didn't blame a referee for a change, he didn't blame... There wasn't any ridiculous excuses from him afterwards. It was just a case of Tottenham got on top of us and uh, we couldn't stop them playing their football and, and that's it. And, you know, Alexis Sanchez's performance was, was worse than Fellaini's and, and his was only seven <laughs> minutes. So, you know, it was just a just a perfect evening, mate. Trust you to squeeze that in there. Lee, coming back round to you, just to kind of remind listeners out there in terms of the team changes, we had Loris, Ericsson and Sonny returning to that starting eleven as Rose made the substitutes bench. Oreo missed the game through injury, while, like Jay said, we opted for that partnership in midfield of Dyer and Dembele. Now, Lee, we did have a quick chat off air about Dembele's performance. I know you want to rave about him. What did you make of his performance against Man United? Because that was back to the Dembele that we know and love when he was in his real kind of peak period at Tottenham. Totally. Totally. I, again, again, I agree most of the time. I'm on the... Um podcast I agree with Jason I am agreeing again <laughs> I thought the two I thought the two of them together were exceptional um I think that when they you know don't forget you've got Wanyama situation in there who's mm. been brilliant yeah. I know he's been injured and and we were chatting off air before it was like who's he going to start at the weekend is he going to now, for me, he has to start the same team personally right. um mm. but uh, but we, we we'll come back to Dembele I think that was his best game in a Spurs shirt previous to that was Arsenal away last season when we drew 1-1, he won the penalty, I think, from memory. Um, he, he was brilliant that day. And that's the best game I've seen him play last night since that game. Um, and there is, you were saying, Ricky, before, you know, a lot of Spurs fans are worried about Dembele because he's a, he's a quality guy, he's a quality player, and we yeah. will love him. But is he coming to the end? Can he do it? He's, he's almost got the, um, you know, not the legleys about him, in, in, in a sense of he can't play all the time. Like, he can't play two games in a row. I'll be surprised if he starts on Sunday because of the, the the fact that he can't play it almost seems like he can't play two games in a row. So but he was exceptional just to come back. He was he was fantastic. He had Pogba in his pocket and but they didn't know what to do. They did not know what to do. And tactically, um 
uh, Pochettino out uh, out for from a tactics perspective, Jose Mourinho, and that don't happen every week, does it? It doesn't. I mean, so for Lee, just to clarify for you, you still think Dembele, if he's fully fit, is a first teamer in that uh, midfield? Uh, for, for me, mm. for me, yes. Okay. Well, you know, if if you if you can get performances out of Dembele like yesterday, yep. the trouble is is consistency for him. We I don't think anyone knows what it is because he he doesn't seem to have long protracted injuries he, he's not out for in is he it's just maybe he's got these niggles or mm, yeah. we don't know maybe once his career is finished we, we know what it is if it's an internal knee problem or something but but he he you know on on days like yesterday he was amazing you can't get the ball off the guy no you just don't give the ball away it's like a magnet it just sticks to him i mean john bringing you in let's have a quick word on dembele with you then so i mean drew star says what did you make of his performance i think we've already summed that up but john for you would you go along the lines of if he is fully fit and bearing in mind the options we've now got in midfield, you know, Mora coming in, we'll speak about him a bit later. Does Dembele still start for you in your first Team eleven for Spurs? Yeah, absolutely he does. Like, like Lee was saying, when he's when he's fit and he's on form, he's, there's no one better than him. I think he's probably, I know it, I know it sounds a bit mental because we've got Kane doing what he does, but Dembele's probably going to be one of the hardest players to replace when we have to replace mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because totally it's, it's difficult because you look at his skill set, and people will go, he don't score, he don't assist, he hasn't got a great passing range. But what he does do is, oh, it's just unbelievable. Like when he's on, when he's on it, like he was last night. Like I say, there ain't, there's no one like him. You can't even ran the game, didn't he? Just, just ran the game. Yeah. What, what he does. So, yeah. Sorry to come back in again. What he does is, is a little bit like a Modric, right? In a sense, different player. But what Modric used to do really well for us, and what Dembele does, is he breaks a play up, but then he looks for a forward pass or it, it drop the shoulder, or it keep the ball in a tight situation. So even when teams are pressing you, he has the ability or the skill to be able to get out of two or three players around him pressing him and then release a ball. I mean, I'm, I'm going back uh, two seasons now. When, when we beat Man City at their place, uh, Ericsson got the winner. Um, and, you know, we went and pressed and we got the ball back and he, he, he swiveled around and put the ball forward uh, for, for, and made that pass. That's what he gives us, I think. And, and like you say... John, it's a very difficult skill set to, to replace. And also, John, I mean, coming back around here, he was on a booking as well for a long period of that game, and he's, again, he still he manages, well, apparently, he still manages to kind of, you know, not do anything fairly rash. I mean, that's, a, that's a talent in but, itself, isn't it, John, when you're carrying a booking? Well, I think it's it's, it's the luck of the, luck of the draw in terms of who the ref is, because well, against point. Southampton <laughs> yeah, he could have gone off. in the league, he, he could have been sent mm. off about eight times. <laughs> So I think it, it depends. I think he was carrying a booking for what seventy odd minutes. Twelfth minute he got booked. Yeah, twelfth minute. minute. Oh, yeah. Tell, didn't it? So, yeah. So, yeah. so by the time he left the pitch, probably was seventy eight, seventy nine minutes, whatever. And I think, all right, let's be honest, it weren't the most combative performance from Matic and Pogba. It's not like they even tried to wind him up or, you know, force him into doing something stupid to get a second yellow card, just because they couldn't get close enough to him. No. I think it's it's all well and good doing that if you if you're clever enough to to adjust your game for the rest of it and in this case obviously there was a lot of the game still to go and he, he, it's not like I don't think he come close to a second yellow card at any point he, he stayed nah. cool and calm and obviously the fact that we were dicking them all over the place helped because <laughs> when you if you if you're on a booking early and you're chasing a game it's different but we bossed that yesterday and I think the only reason why we didn't score more than we did is because. Son was going for six home games on the trot scoring, which would have broke a record, and Kane wanted his 100th goal. Yeah. If neither of them were as selfish as they were in front of goal last night, and maybe took the wrong option, both of them did a couple of times each. Very true. Then, yep. we, 
then we're talking about a 5 or 6 nil win against Man United, yeah? Yeah, you made a great point. And Jace, I want to bring it round to you. So, Christian Eriksen, I mean, we've been craving him coming back into this Spurs team. I mean, in 11 seconds, Jace, he proves just what we've we've missed, really. And that first half, I mean, you could just see having him back into the team, the movement, you know, the way we you know, the way we play with the ball, anything kind of changes when he's in the team. Was it great to see him back in a Spurs shirt, Jace? Well, you can definitely say he's got a great first touch now, can't you? That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, he took the goal brilliantly, didn't he? He did. He did. I mean, you know, he didn't panic. I mean, De Gea is a fantastic goalkeeper as well, and, and he was just so calm when it dropped to him. Brilliant finish, even though it, it probably looks a lot more simple. But he just, you know, he made sure he didn't lash at it or snatch at it or anything, did he? Just put a little bit of bend on it and straight in. But it's hard to single him out because it was just one of those performances from that moment on. Every single player, he certainly makes the team tick. We missed mm. him badly at Southampton. We missed him at, at Newport. But, you know, there's been times when he has played this year when he wasn't in great form and, and there was lots of people getting on his back. So I think you know, when we play well, we look a really good side and he's a key part of us playing well and, and making us look that side. But, you know, the effort from everyone last night was, was exceptional. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to kind of single out individual performances when you do have a collective thing with Tottenham. I mean, the, what you also about Tottenham in general under Pochettino is that normally when we win, everybody seems to play well. And then when we lose, everybody as a whole generally plays bad. There's no kind of in-between with Tottenham. It's just, it's a very, very strange one. I'm bringing you in, Lee. Um, question here from Tom Taylor. And again, it's what we talk about Ericsson. He says, how vital is Ericsson to us when we go forward and attack? Great result. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great result, Tom. I, I, look, I, I think uh, you know just backing up what what the guys have just said. Um, Ericsson is vital for us. Um, I think he's one of the. I mean, again, you're talking about business and all these transfer fees. And we pay ten point six million for the Gazer, or ten point nine million yeah, yeah, for yeah. Him. Ridiculous. You know, and, and he's been with us a long time now. I think what he gives us differently is that ability to open up a game with one pass and 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 you know that that you know is is, is delivering a ball is is exceptional. Um, when, again, when he's on fire, like like Jace just said, the whole team was on fire yesterday. But when he's on fire. He's unplayable, you know. People, he gets a get a bit of space, and that's what I think that's that's really interesting about when you talk to them, Ricky, about team plays well or the team doesn't play well. There's no in between. Mm. I think one of the reasons for that is that when the team are on it and they're all doing their jobs properly, it allows people like Ericsson to get the space that he needs yep. to deliver what he needs to deliver. Does that make sense? No, it does. So yeah. you know, it's like a, it's like a clock. Uh, you know, it's like clockwork, isn't it? Look, working in that way, the bell has got to do his job, break up the play, or Dyer's got to break up the play, put a ball forward, trip him, making the run, so it gives Ericsson some space. And you know, and, and we've done that very, very well yesterday. Um, and I think Ericsson he, he gives us that 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 ability to unlock a defence. I think that's where we struggled. All of us Spurs fans, you know, the guys on here now, everyone listening to us, you're all going to be agreeing with me when I say, you know, we're going to rue some of them draws that we had earlier in the oh, year. Course, the yeah, West yeah, Brom, yeah. the yeah. bloody Swansea, the Southampton <laughs> the other week. You know, these are the teams. But, and it's and it's them sorts of... I think that's why we bought Lucas Moura, to be fair, because we need a bit of pace to get in behind oh, and unlock yep. the buses. Um, but Ericsson most of the time can do that which is why he's such a good player really is indeed I mean John bringing you in I've got to ask you about Ericsson listen Lee's just said there about his transfer cost I mean God what would he be worth now John we've seen the window go crazy we saw Moore has been linked with a £65 million move on the deadline day you know players out there Coutinho look what he went for Ericsson John I mean what what is that guy worth to us now 
I think that's it. I mean, he's priceless to us, isn't he? Mm. Again, he's another one who'd be hard to replace, I think. I think last night against Man United, we really saw the best of him in as much as he's supposed to be playing on the right-hand side of them three behind Kane. But he's such an intelligent player that he'll drop off and you'll find him all over the place. He's not one of these, you know, he don't tend to stick to a position. And he he, he reminds me, he, he does remind me of Modric when he drops deep. And to be honest with you, I think the... The signing of Lucas Moura could mean that we do see Ericsson possibly, not as a Dembele replacement, but as an alternative right. next to a destroyer in midfield. So you've got Wanyama or Dyer breaking up the play, mm. and Ericsson does have more of a passing range than Dembele, for example. So maybe we'll see him play more in that role. I mean, Dele Alli played deeper against Liverpool at Wembley in that work that day. So I don't think necessarily... I mean, there's a lot of fans out there, and us, and we've all said it, we need a central midfielder. But signing an out-and-out right winger to compliment Son on the left, I think, does mean that we can spare one of Delhi or Ericsson to play a little deeper. They're both intelligent enough to do it and they're both still enough of a goal threat from that position. And I think that when you... I mean, all right, you can say about Ericsson's value, but you, we know that the market's gone absolutely mental in the last few years and Philip Coutinho, whose stats, <clears throat> excuse me, don't compare to Ericsson's as far as I'm aware. If, he going, if he's going for 142 million, then God knows what Ericsson's worth. But I know that the, the seven that we replaced... To, uh, after Bale went, he'd make more money than they all cost us in the first place. I'd yeah, say that, that is it. That is it. Isn't that crazy? When you say it like that, John, I think you're absolutely bang on. I mean, Jace, bringing it over to you for that second goal, doubling our lead. I mean, Trippier, it was a wonderful cross into the box from him, and Jones, he didn't know what to do, and in the end, he diverted it into his own net. I mean, many Jace, I don't think saw that performance coming from Trippier. I mean, let's be honest, he hasn't played that well recently when he's been called upon. And it's great to see him just get over the halfway line in a game. <laughs> it was, and I think, I mean, he, he got ripped to pieces, didn't he, by, by Leroy Sane, and I'm sure that had, uh, that's got to affect your confidence. But he was on a hiding to nothing that night, and then he seems to have been, you know, become second choice in, in most of the Premier League games. But let's be fair, there was lots of people tweeting about both him and Davis last night. Yeah, Davis was brilliant as well. Martial and Sanchez, are, how will they cope with the pace and... And, you know, the doom and gloom was out there about those two. But the the, the pair of them were, were exceptional last night. You know, Ben Davis came more into it in the second half, didn't he? And, and one lovely crunching tackle on Sanchez. But, no, <laughs> we all know that the one big strength of, of Trippier is that ball delivery. And, you know, it, the big difference between him and Oreo is that he often just pings it straight through. He doesn't need that first touch to set it. And, in fairness, he, he, the first one he tried last night it was a terrible shank, wasn't it? Yeah, he's to, to Rose Ed, but I mean that's that's very unusual for him. But the second one, you know, and lots of people say, you know, wingers or wire players, they've got to pick a white shirt out. But I think most times now you just say deliver that ball into an area, mm. and then it's then you know anything can happen. You can get your deflections. You can, you know, keepers can make mistakes. You can get it sliced into their own net. So just whack it in there with a bit of pace into that area, and he did that. And Jones. It was just a, a wonderful finish. As as Jose said, it's a type of a finish not even Harry Kane could have scored from. So <laughs> it was a, a brilliant goal. But, you know, I suppose that was the one, you know, as we said on a on another night about being clinical, you know, that was the only other goal we scored. It was a, a horrendous error by them. So, you know, there was, there was other chances that we should have taken. But, no, it was just fantastic, mate. It was. And, and bringing you in, Lee, do you think, and listen, pardon the pun here, do you think Ori's conversation could spur him on? In the long run, because I think Aurea's before, obviously last night, Aurea started the last three 
Premier League games on the spin. Yeah, we've talked about this before, haven't yeah. we? I mean, it's, it's unusual. I mean, uh, Pochettino, or po- Poch has always rotated his fullbacks, um, wingbacks, or whatever we call them nowadays. But, you know, he, he's always done that. So to have, um, like Jace just said, I mean, he got he got a hiding, didn't he, December the 16th by Sane, and, and maybe his confidence took a bit of a battering, and mm. or as, as you said, has is, is, is started the last three on the trot. But um, I, I, I would... My expectation would be for Sunday that Aurier would come back in for him. Um, but, you know, he is one of the best crossers of, uh, crossers of the ball um, that, that we've got. And again, like Jay said, you know, he, he can ping it really quickly, first time. But, you know, I think it was, it was it, uh, earlier in this season or maybe back in the last season, he pinged one in on the volley. Um, it was, it was, I think it's Watford. What a ball. I remember, yeah, yep, exactly. What a ball that was. Absolutely yep. wonderful it was. Absolutely mm. wonderful. And again, you know, yes, it was an own goal. But Jones had no choice because if he'd have left that, Kane scores his own goal because it yeah. was blatantly going in from Kane. So, you know, he had, he had to try and deal with it and it was the quality of the cross. Um, I, I think that with the Ore, uh, you know, there's a competition thing there. I, I saw an interview, actually, I think it was on Sky uh, a few months back with Ben Davis and Kieran Trippett at the same time. And they were talking about um, the Walker and, uh, and Rose and trying to dethrone them essentially from from first choice fullbacks, and uh, uh, you know, and, and he, Kieran uh, spoke really well, and you know, he get his head down working hard, and I think it will spur him on. I think already coming in will spur him on. I, I, if I'm honest, the jury for me is still out on already. Um but you know, we have to see how the, the, the season progresses. I think we've got, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a good few games between the two of them. The other comeback from him as well, Rick, it wasn't just from the City game. He took a lot of flack for the goal we let in at Newport. So, you know, full credit to him last night for the way he's, he's handled the, the flack from both of those games. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. He's bounced back really well. I mean, John bringing you in with a quick word on Ben Davis. We've got some decisions to make coming up, John, because obviously Danny Rose was back on the bench for the United game. So what would you do, John, in terms of games coming up? Is it a case of judging it on the opposition? What do you think, John? I think a lot of it comes down to the condition of the players. You know, Aurier and Rose who are, just, who are, be, are coming back from injury. I think it depends. If they're, for me, those two are still the strongest two, Aurier and Rose. Right. So it, I would imagine in the games that matter the most, perhaps Juve, Arsenal, then we'd see them two. But, you know, it all depends on, it does depend on the opposition. But I think, well, we're going to play the way we play regardless of who we're playing against. So for me, it's more to do with, how fit the players are, how confident they're feeling, you know, how they've trained, maybe. And again, that's stuff we're not privy to. So it, I trust all four of them, to be honest with you. I think all four of them are class. And we're, we're lucky with, you know, the squad that Pochettino has put together. As a, you know, we've got some great options there. And I, I'm, I don't have any, honestly, there's no names in our squad. None, not even that French bloke. <laughs> Who, uh, what's his name? Moose or something. Not even no. him. Not even him. No, he, I'm not, not even I'm him. that. Not, mate. <laughs> Lee, not even his name strikes fear into me when I see our team team lineups announced. So oh, it does for me, mate. <laughs> just, 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 on the, just on the fullback thing, I think just doing chat with you guys, it does. It's going to also depend on you know if Toby's coming back into the side. Well, that's another thing. Is yeah. he going to go back? Mm. Yeah, is he going to go back to a back three? If he goes back to a back three, then the fullbacks since you've kind the wingbacks or whatever we're going to call them, and does that then make a difference in in who you play? But all, all four of them can still play that same position, but. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe getting ahead of myself a little bit, Ricky. Sorry, but I'm That's thinking right, about yeah. Sunday. Mm. Thinking about Sunday and I'm thinking they're going to have a front three. So if we go, if we if we face them up with, with three centre-backs, 
who's got the most pace down the down the Liverpool's right hand side to be able to deal with. Um, you know, so is it Ben Davis or Danny Rose down our left hand side that's going to be able to deal with you know Salah or you know or Mane or whatever? Do you know what I mean? So. You know, like like you say, John. To be fair, they're all good enough to be able to handle it. It's just we've got a um, he's got a dilemma to make of who comes back in the team if he plays a back three. I mean, that's a massive, massive decision. John, sticking with you, Helena at birthday go eighty one. Thanks, Helena, for your question. She asks, how massive was Jan Vertonghen again? Crazy how he oh. never gets a mention ever during transfer windows. In brackets, thank God he's with us. Is this his best season for us, John? What do you think? I think for. It's hard to say if it's his best season. I think he's been an absolute Rolls Royce since the moment he turned up. To mm. be honest, I think he had a bit of a wobble one to Sherwood, but then we all did. We all did, we? yeah. That's how we all did. To be fair. So yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. I think Helen is right. It's one of them. He, he's such a class player, but I think probably what what doesn't help in well what what does help us if you like is the fact that he's 30 now, soon to be 31, and he's on a. It's probably you know he's on a fair whack at Tottenham. He's earning all right. He's obviously happy where he is. He's we've never had. Like rumours of discontent, or you know, I don't think any manager he's played under has even considered getting rid of him just because he's such a good player. He's <clears throat> especially now he's got Toby next to him, and even to be fair to Jan as well, I don't think uh, Davinson Sanchez could have many a better teacher next to him. To be honest with you, totally you know? agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Learning from the best, yeah. isn't he? Learning from the best. You know, we've said you know Sanchez has been in European football for eighteen months, but you wouldn't know that no. if you looked at him cold last night. You wouldn't know that, and I think a lot of that is. He's down to the fact that Jan Vertonghen has been there, you know, he's been with him, he's been guiding him. And like I say, there ain't many better teachers. I think he, he's such a classy player and he'll he'll go down as a, as a legend, I think, in this modern era for Tottenham. I agree. And, uh, I, hope he retires, I hope he retires at Tottenham because it'd be nice to uh, get him a testimonial and all that. He's uh, We'll miss him when he's gone, put it that way. I definitely will. I mean, can I bring it around to you, Jace? Lee at Lee Marston, 81, asked the question... Is Jan more important than Toby? We've had that question a few times throughout the season. We're going to throw it to you again, Jace. What do you make of that question? It's, it's, <clears throat> I think that they're such a brilliant pair to start with. And I think... I wouldn't say he's more important than Toby. I think they're just... They're both almost irreplaceable for us at the moment. I think when you, when you see them play as a pair, they're exceptional. And I think... It, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we haven't seen Toby play too often without Jan to to work it out. Who, who knows what would have happened with Toby coming in and being alongside Sanchez and such. So I couldn't go that far, but you, you by no means take that as any disrespect to Jan. I think they're just the two of them are both fantastic footballers that are that they they're at their peak when they're playing together. But they're they're both so intelligent, both so comfortable, both got composure that and and in fairness. They've got good players alongside them at the back, be it Rose and Davis, be it Trippier and Aurier the other side. So that also helps. And so I wouldn't like to pick between between either of them. I think they're just both fantastic footballers, and we're you know we're lucky to have them both. That's for sure. There was a time last season, the season before, when Kevin Wimmer was still playing for us, um, and uh, Yang Vertonghen was out for a long period of time, um, and. Uh, uh, Vimmer played it alongside Toby and Toby made Vimmer look good. And I don't mean that all ball to Vimmer, but he ain't pulled up trees, is he, at Stoke? No, so I, I think that, you know, T Toby is a different type of player. I think they've played with each other since they were like eight or nine, like, in, in, you know, coming up through the ranks through Ajax and all that sort of stuff. They know each other really well. Um, but for me, Toby is the best defender in the Premier League. He is, he is a, a, 
absolutely unbelievable. When you look at his record of each club that he's been to, he has never been in a club that has either scored, uh, let in, um, uh, the, the amount of goals, sorry, sorry, the amount yeah, of yeah. goals yeah. that each team has let in when Toby's been in their defence has either been the best defence or the second best defence in that league for all the teams that he's played for. I mean, that is incredible. And that, that, that is not a coincidence. No, it's not at all. It's going to be great to have Toby, like I say, back available, which hopefully could be the Liverpool game. John, I want to come round to you then to Delhi Alley. John, I mean, I put out a tweet last night, and, it, and it's funny because I think the majority of people tended to agree, but there were still a few murmurings. I thought it was absolutely unplayable, John, against Man United for me. I mean, it was back to what I would describe as his ultimate best to the degree where Man United they just could not live with his movement. And when he does play that, John, for me, he's an absolute joy to watch. What did you make of Deli Ali's performance? And also, let's not forget, John, that little bit of a niggle on Sanchez, which we all love secretly. Ah, oh, he's, he's he's a little bastard, isn't he? He is, but he's our bastard, John. He's our <laughs> bastard. Do you know what? He was from the first few minutes. You mm. could just see, right? This is Delhi's night tonight. He's, yeah. Everything he touched turned to gold last night, and it it, it made me laugh because when you're looking at that that, that foul on Sanchez, oh, I'm, I swear to God, I'm telling you now, he only done it for our amusement. Because <laughs> why else? Uh, right? The commentator said it, it was might have been born out of frustration. I'm thinking there's five minutes to go. We're well, tuning yeah, up, why would he comfortable. Do yeah. What are you on about? He just he's just thinking. Look, I'll tell you what. I yeah. know what will make the fans giggle. And it uh, it was. I may be wrong, but I, I'd like to think I'm right. We enjoyed it, didn't we? Let's oh, be we honest. Did. He's gone. Who, who should I have a go at? Oh, let's have a go at the ex schooner. That'll that'll please him. <laughs> he's had an and up it, and down it, season, John. Though as a whole, I mean, what have you made of Delhi? Is he is he again coming back into his own? Do you think? Do you have to be kind of realistic? Now, look, it's only his third full season in the Premier League. Do we have to try and take that into account as well when we're judging Delhi? I think it depends how you look at things. If you break it down into microcosm, then maybe last season he was better. But if you're talking about numbers at this stage compared to last season, then he's just as good, if not better, in terms of goals and assists. You know, so it depends. It depends how you look at it. I just, I always think that we're a better side when he's playing. That's that's for certain. Because you know, all right, last night was one of them where, you know, he, all right, the, the assist for the for the first goal was beautiful. But in terms of setting up offensive chances and stuff, it weren't uh, it weren't that prolific a night for him. But it was just his all round play, you know, the nutmeg on Sanchez, which allowed Ericsson to pass the trippy up for the second goal. Yeah, just that little yeah, bit, it was, of, yeah, little bit of guile. And, yeah, uh, he's just he's he's class. I think it is easy to forget how young he is. You know, he's younger than Harry Winks, for example, and we we tend to be a little bit more patient with him because he's because he's one of our youngsters. And I I, I just I think that the thing is with Delhi. You know, you know, he's got that nasty streak to him, and we've all agreed before that you wouldn't want to remove it from his game. No. Now, if you want to be hypercritical, there was no need for him to get booked last night. <laughs> but let's be honest, he played, he played so well last night. You look at him and you go, "This kid cost five million quid. It's unbelievable." And that's the difference. You look at our team; it's full of players that Pochettino has bought as like development projects. Whereas Man United go out and buy all these ready-made superstars, and they look like a team of yeah, under Jose. Yeah, exactly. three hundred million over Jose. It's crazy, three hundred million quid, and it's you know, look, let's not cane Man United too much. They're still second in the table, but three hundred million is absolutely ridiculous. He wants results now. He goes like you say, the Galacticos, Pogba and Zlatan, and you know um, Sanchez in there now, and Lukaku. And we've got the youngest team in the Premier League. Like People don't even talk about that. They've put the pressure on us to go and win something. We've got to win something. Hang on a minute. What's Klopp got to do? 
Yeah. Like Klopp, Klopp ain't winning nothing. We've got the youngest team in the Premier League. Yeah. And like you say, John, we, we we put together this project, or Potch has put together this project. The stadium looks unbelievable, lads. Unbelievable. Mm. And we've got the stadium coming. We've got why, the, the Enfield training ground is, is world class, but up there with the best itself. Why wouldn't you want to be? What, what a time to be a Tottenham fan. Sorry, I'm going on a bit of a rant. No, here, no, but no. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. I mean, we're you're the right, you're team right. in the Premier League yeah. with the best defensive record over the last two, three seasons or so. Now, give, give the guys a break. When we, when we click, I'll tell you this now, and I'll say this right now on here, when we click and we do eventually get over the line and win something, we're going to clean it up, mate. I'm telling you, we're, if we keep this together, we can clean up. We can win lots and lots of stuff. But it's not just about winning stuff now. It's about building something for, for a legacy for five, six, seven years. And we deserve it. All of us listeners deserve it because we've been through the mill and we ain't done it with the money. We've done it with the right way, with the raw talent that is Tottenham Hotspur. Because that's what it is. It is. I mean, John, you've always kind of made that point, haven't you, from your perspective, that the way we're doing it, John, it's the project you would want to see rather than us going out and spending billions. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that's we're working within the same kind of budgets of a lot of similar size clubs to us and spending, you know, similar money to... I know I'm talking about the teams that we're competing with for the mm. Champions League. I'm talking about those, you know, further down the league. But it just goes to show, with the right manager, you know, who can, who can find a, a rough diamond to give it a little polish. This is this is what Pochettino does. And, you know, we've seen it many times before where we'll have... It'll be, you know, a young player comes in, he's going to be the next Zidane or the next whatever, and they're not. Because we're not, we never had the right manager in place, but but now we have, and you can fully get behind the fact that he does turn young, you know, prospects into into superstars. You look through that entire team. Yeah. Every single player in our squad has got more of a profile now, and he's known. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're known players now. You go. And worth you go more, John, aren't the they? World. I mean, for whatever they've been bought, John, they're probably double their value from what we oh, bought yeah. before. Yeah, apart from that French bloke I mentioned earlier, every <laughs> every single one of them. Who? Who? What <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. Yeah, of you know, it, totally. It, that, that's what happens because the, the kind of players that Man United are splashing a load of money on, they're it's like buying a new car; they depreciate instantly because they're playing under the bus driver. Yeah, it's different. It's a different kettle of fish at Tottenham. And I'll, what's going to happen with Rashford? What's going to happen with Rashford now? Let's just, you talk about Man United. He'll, he'll, probably, he'll be frozen out for the rest he's of the season. He's frozen out now. It's pointless. Well, he, he's going to have to play Sanchez, isn't he? That, this is the thing. You know, Moore is, Moore is another de- developmental project for Pochettino that I'm sure will bear fruit. But Rashford, Rashford, if he, if he comes to a team like us, the sky really would be the limit for him, I think. He's class. He's a wonderful player. Uh, wonderful player. I agree. And just, just, just on Poch, I know we're talking about other clubs and stuff, but the Poch development piece... And I know it's going to come down to money. And I don't know, Jace, if you've got a view on this or not, but the whole situation with Ross Barkley. Now, I'm not saying that he would have been a world-beater for us or whatever, but between the two clubs, with respect, he has to come to Spurs. You know, seeing all these youngsters that coming John, you've through, just been yeah. talking about, that mm. are coming through, yep. the best manager in the league to, to bring youngsters through, and he goes for the money to Chelsea. I mean, you are you kidding me or what? Doesn't add up. I mean, Jace, do you think you look at the, the business we've done with Mora? Who, let's be honest, we've seen clips of him, and you've always said we can't get carried away with YouTube clippings and you know short, brief videos out there. Are you happy, Jace, with the fact that we bought in a right winger? Would you have liked to see another midfielder? Essentially, what do you think on that, Jace? Well, I'm just wiping the tears from the eye from Lee's speech. I mean, he's got me crying here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew I'd get you tears. You convinced me, mate. You convinced me. I mean, I, I was always in the potch camp, but I, I, I wanted to run run the whole bloody everything from top to bottom. Brexit, 
US presidency, everything, mate. Now. That's it, mate. He's magic, you know. Oh, dear. Um, well, we said, you know, the first thing about Maury is everyone was excited to get to get a, a, a good a good player on paper over the door. Let's let's just give the boy time. We've all seen the, the YouTube. We all know what he's capable of. But, you know, as I said, with Bakayoko and Lacazette, I mean, I'm not going to get into the rivalries, but mm. they're two players that both in fairness looked excellent in the French League. Lacazette looked a hell of a lot better than he does now. But it just they just need time to adapt. And for me, my only target for Lucas Moura between now and the end of the season is... is you know, three or four goals and assists between it and, and hopefully not too many poor games. And if we sit there at the end of the season and say, look, he's just had three months to bed in and then, then we get him in a, in a pre-season next year where he can start working as Pochettino really wants and, and look forward to the player next year. But, you know, I, I certainly won't be on his back if he's done absolutely nothing by May. But I, I think there'll be, as I say, there'll just be flashes of brilliance in there and there'll also be the odd the odd moment where he doesn't, track his runner and we can see through it but we'll just have to understand that's part of the part of of settling into england and we saw it you know we gave sonny a whole year didn't we, we did, yeah, and, I, and i've loved sonny so mm. Oria's in that that sense and i think as i say i think lacazette's and even people like that will be a lot better next year than they would be well maybe not lacazette now they've they've splashed another 60 million but yeah i mean that that's the principle i think it'll be a lot better next year yeah, can I ask yeah. you, Jason, a couple of questions in on Mora. Um, this is from Mohamed Serti, who says, given that Lucas Mora is very much a down-the-line right-footed winger, do you see Poch converting him into a right wing-back in the future? At PSG, would hardly come inside and shoot with his left foot. Jason, any thoughts on that question from Mohamed? Well, why, why would you want us to stick him in mm. to as, as a wing-back if he's got the creativity and the goal-scoring record yeah. that, we, that we know he has? That's the first thing. The second thing is... You'd have to see how he defends first, well, that's a good because point. you know wing backs are great going forward, but they still have to do their work defensively. And if he if he doesn't do his work, I mean, we saw what happened with Sonny, didn't we, in that that semi final with Chelsea? You can have a fantastic attacking player, play him as a wing back. It's a totally different role, and and we saw how Sonny doesn't even think like a defender. So uh, I think it's a little bit, a little bit. I'd hate to think we've gone and bought this fantastic winger and creative force, and we'll end up playing him as a wing back in the first couple of weeks. So I, I can't see it, but who knows, mate? Yeah, well, stranger things have happened. We did play Sonny at left wing back. Let's not try, let's try and forget that against Chelsea um, in that cut in the cup semi final. John, I want to bring you in. Just looking ahead to Liverpool, I mean, it's fair to say, listen, Mora won't be walking straight into this Spurs team on the back of that win against Man United, and maybe not even out of old if you look at again, like we said, that performance. So, where does he fit in, John? For you, I mean, how do you change that eleven after a win? I mean, Lee said. He wouldn't change it. So would you, John, looking ahead to Liverpool at the weekend? I don't think Lucas will come in. Uh, it, it, I don't think he'll start against Liverpool. I would say with the next game being Newport, that would be a great opportunity to get him a start and get him up and running. I think the fact that he's only made, I think it's five appearances so far this season with PSG means he's not in any kind of form. We don't know how fit he is at the minute, you know. So Totally agree. I think if you if you're looking at it for you know we're talking about three days into the future, as long as everyone came through unscathed against Man United, which it looked like they did, then then I would definitely go, go for the same eleven. You got you know confidence flowing through their veins. They've just done a, a job on Man United, so why would you change it? I think you know it's a bit of a cliche, but you don't change a winning team. 
and I, I, don't, I don't anticipate any, well many, if any, changes really on Sunday. I think it'll be the same eleven, and hopefully a similar result as well. Okay, interesting. He'll change the fullbacks. He'll change the fullbacks. Yeah, that's what I think he'll do. I mean, if you're asking me, like I say, I, I, I agree. I wouldn't change it. I think he will change the fullbacks, and I've, I do think he'll put Ore in. Whether or not, but like actually, you said he was injured, didn't you? So maybe he won't. Yeah, I think he's got oh, he's got a knock at the moment. So I mean, he wasn't on the mm. bench for the game obviously against Man United. Maybe he'll be back at the weekend. Who knows? Lee, let me ask you something. We had a, a quick discussion off air um, about how we're going to go and play up at Anfield. Now, listen, we have to obviously bear in mind it was a fantastic performance against Man United at Wembley. That's number one. But number two, I mean, we saw what happened. We went to go to Man City, and you could argue that we tried to take the game to them, and we got taken apart up there. So. Do we have to hope in a way that maybe the result against Man United does not give Pochettino the confidence to think that he can just go against Liverpool and play that game of going to try and beat them at their own game? Because we have seen that we can't always do that away from him. Is it a fact that maybe we have to remain compact, break on the counter? How do you see us line up there, Lee, in terms of formation-wise against them? Uh, I'm a little bit torn, actually, Ricky, on this one, because you know we've lost... 11 of 18 visits to the top other top six clubs. Yeah. Our away record against the top six clubs, you know, it's all very well documented. I don't want to be doom and gloom merchant about it. But, you know, facts are facts. That, that is the reality. Um, you know, we, we've, we've conceded 35 goals against the top six and, and only scored 15 away from home. So, you know, there is, there is an issue there. Having said that, I, I look at the Liverpool setup and there is no doubt they've lost their creativity in... Uh, in um, uh, um, What's his face going to Barcelona? So oh, Coutinho, Coutinho. Yep. Uh, They've lost a bit of creativity there, but they've got the second highest goal scorer in the, in, in their in their three. Firmino's hitting a bit of form now as well. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, good for England. Oxley Chamberlain seems to be coming. So you know, they, they've got a good attacking thing. But even though they've got Van Dijk, they still look ropey at the back. And for me, we've got the best striker in the world going up against a ropey defence. So I wouldn't be sitting there and kind of playing anything other than have a go. And, and, really? You know, okay. I, I, I think we should have a go at them because I think that they are, if we if we go out, fire out the traps really, really quickly, go after them a train, first five, ten minutes, and, 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 and press them like we can, like, I know they do it as well, but like we can, like we can really press, I think they will... I think they will crumble and I think we can beat them at Anfield at that game. I think if we start off slow, pass the ball around in our own half, let them hassle us and get a good grip on the game, I think that's I think that's dodgy. I think there'll be goals and I think we can win, but we have to go at them, in my opinion. OK, Jason, let's pick it around to you. I mean, there is that argument to maybe go to defend deep and play direct, sit there and wait our time, be patient. What's your argument, Jason, going into this one? How do you think we should go into it tactically-wise? Well, I'm a, I'm a little bit like Lee, I think. I mean, don't go gung-ho all no, the place. No, don't do Harry. But, <laughs> don't no, do Harry. But, but I want to see, you know, yeah. I, I, had the, I had the big argument, didn't I, with the, the Manchester City game that, that I I didn't have a problem with how Pochettino wanted to even play at Manchester City. It's mm-hmm. just that, that Edison and, and they were able to beat our press too easily. It, yeah. But, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool don't have an Edison in goal. I mean, they have a... They have two two complete idiots in goal. So clowns, um, no, they're clowns. <laughs> so and none of their back four is well. Actually, in fairness to Man City, that it was what Mangala and Otamendi that day. But you know, there's no Carl Walker there. There's, I think Liverpool are a different proposition to Manchester City. And I think you know you saw how West Brom had a go at them. Liverpool's weaknesses are set pieces. Well, you've got to win set pieces around their box to be able to put that ball in there. 
And I think that their attacking talent is such that if you want to get too many men behind the ball and concentrate on them, then you're not exploiting their weakness. I think it's that you've got to be really brave and say, look, Liverpool are a weakness at their defence. The more time we're running at their defence, the more situations we've got around their box, number one, the more chance you've got to score. And number two, they're then 80 yards from your goal instead of being 20 yards from your goal. So I think you've just got to be really, really brave. And and if Pochettino does that and we get beat, I certainly won't slag him off for doing it. I think yeah, if you just uh, sit there, we're not a side, let's be fair, we're not a side that can go somewhere and park the bus. No, I know we've played on mm. the break against Dortmund and Madrid, that, but I think... You know, Liverpool are more get a, you can get at Liverpool even easier than those sides. So for me, the more time we're in their final third, the better for us. But and, and of course, you're going to have to take risks. Mm. Yeah, it, it just just to charge with it, you know, yesterday come back to a Man United game. You know, our line was so high, we was defending so high. It was, it was awesome to see mm. the amount of offsides they had and whatever. And you look at it and you think, oh, we're worried about the pace. They've got pace. Lukaku ain't slow. Martial's like a whippet. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. But they didn't get in behind us at all. So Salah and Firmino and, you know, these, these Mane, yeah, they got pace. But you so said there is a risk if they get in behind. But we've got the pace as well to, 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 to uh, deal with that. And Sanchez, if, if he plays at the back and so on and so forth. And Lloris sweeping. I, I totally agree. We have to go, not gung-ho, but we have to go at them. We have to go out there and start the game on the front foot and press them. And if we do, we will put them under massive mistakes. They will have mistakes in the back four, oh, we've back seen five. That. Yeah, you would say you've definitely seen this season. I mean, they've got mistakes in them. I mean, John, bringing it around to you, I have to ask you, John, it's not to be the negative side of things, but do you think, you look at some of the stats out there, one win, I think, 25 years, only six wins over there in 106 years. Do you think any time, John, do you think mentality does play an issue for us when we go away to grounds like Anfield where we haven't got a great record? Do you think that plays in the players' minds at all, John? You'd like to think not. You know, you'd like to think they just they play the game, not the occasion. Of course, yeah. To use another cliche. I think the thing is, like, the reason why every single club, not Tottenham Hotspur, by the way, have got a, a terrible record away at top six clubs is because they're the top six for a reason, because they're good teams. Yeah. yeah. Every, every top team in every league has got a good own record. It's as simple as that. Because if you didn't have, you wouldn't be one of them. Well, Including oh. us, John. Including <laughs> us. us. Not, not many clubs away our lane win. No, that's true. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, like they they reeled out the uh, the stats of Man United's um, away away record against the top six, and you know, what I mean, it's not like it's much if any better than ours. It's just it's just one of them things. You're going away to a team who are you know they're in the last sixteen in the Champions League, same as us. They can't be a bad team, can they? I know they've got their flaws, as Jay said. You know, their their goalkeepers wouldn't strike you with uh, don't don't put much fear into you. But I just think. If, if we go there, let's not forget, when we went there last season, we played badly. Jan Vertonghen did miss that game. It was uh, Dyer and Toby at centre-half, and Ben yeah. Davies got torn a new one, unfortunately, by mm. Mane. Now, the difference is, and Lee, Lee is spot on, Man United are, have got quick players up, up top. But the key to that press is stopping the balls from the midfield into those quick players. Now, the way yeah. we stifled Matic, the way we stifled Pogba, we can do that again to whoever plays in the centre of midfield for Liverpool, and we're laughing. Because then they can't utilise that ball over the top for the for the fast players to run onto. And let's not, let, let, you know, let's not forget we're playing a high line because that we've got some speed at the back. Yeah, it's not four it's not four Gary Doherty's anymore. <laughs> we have got quality <laughs> defenders. <laughs> who, <laughs> they like that one. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> no, at, I you, you, you remember that that clip of 
Toby cat, uh, catching Aubameyang in the Europa League at Wild Lane. Oh, what yeah. a tackle that was. He's got a start mm. on him, and he and he, he goes and does that, and then pirouette the ball out. Yeah, and, yeah does the pirouette, mm. and you, you can use you know. There's many occasions where you know Aurier's no slouch, nor is Rose. To be fair, Davies, he's not. Although he's not got express pace, yeah, he he's not, he's he not slow, is he? Either. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I think. And the thing is, Rick, <laughs> it's the same with any mm. decent footballer. Yeah. You know, we used to say it about Teddy Sharing about the first yard being in your head. If your if your positional sense is good, <clears throat> which I believe every defender we've got, even Juan Foyth, I've been impressed with his positional sense. Like Paolo Maldini once said, if I have to make a tackle, I've already made a mistake. Now, he was one of the best defenders that there's ever been, and he weren't quick. No. If you're in the right position, at the right place, at the right time, where you know you've got to be, then you're not going to be left, you know, with, with too much to do. And... I believe you know that is, that's the way to play against Liverpool. Cut off the supply lines to to the fo- to the forward players, and like I say, you're laughing because where they're going to just on Ben Davis. Well, I mean, he did get killed up there last year, but he had he got no protection in front of him, did he? They they just allowed uh, Mane to run at him, and in fairness right. to Ben Davis, he was coming in having just played the odd game here and there with with Danny Rose at that stage, very much the number one left back. That's this right. time you're going into it where Ben Davis, let's be fair about it, has been our main left back for. For almost all season, hasn't he? So yeah. he's going into it with with very much match time, you know, in his favour this time. He's he's not almost going into that game cold, and I think that makes a difference as well. Absolutely, mate. I think the thing is, like like last time, it was Son who was playing in front of him who didn't do him any favours. No, that's so very that, true. That not yet. Bang on, thinking job. about it, mm. that 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 leads me to believe that maybe if Toby is fit and we go to a back three, and that becomes less of an issue because he's yeah. got he's got Jan beside him to. To help him out, and then you've still got Sanchez and Alderweireld behind for Tongan, and then also you know you've got an extra man in midfield. So I wouldn't be surprised if it, saying that if we do go to a back three and play with the wing backs, it does. I think it does nullify that kind of threat. But again, like I said, Man United play similarly to Liverpool in that sense. They've got that option, <clears throat> and we never allowed them to use it. I think you know it is marginal gains. It's, it's going to be you know it's classic. You know I'm going to use the inverted commas Spursy. You know against Man United earlier this year. We we done everything right. We done really well, and it is one ball over the top, miss header, um, went over the top of um, Eric Dyer or whatever, and, and Martial scores. And you and you kind of look at them small margins, and, and you do feel that that's what it's going to come down to at, at Anfield on Sunday. What what I was saying to some of my, uh, the lads, and, and I'll just throw it out to you guys and, and the listeners, is that mm. this period right now reminds me of I think it was twenty eleven, might have been under Harry. When we we Danny Rose come on, it might have been earlier now. Actually, uh, Danny the Rose Arsenal, come on for debut. Yeah. Beat, we beat Arsenal two one under the lights at the lane. Yeah. We then went at the weekend and beat Chelsea, and then the following uh, weekend or in the midweek we played Man City, and we had to beat them to get in the Champions League, and we did it. And that this period reminds me of that, you know, with, pivotal, with you know, playing pivotal United, period, yeah. Liverpool, mm. Arsenal. You got Juve in there, yeah. and this is really this is really going to test us. You now people talk about winning stuff. I think this period is us is us growing as a team and seeing what we can do. We're currently tracking about three points behind where we was this time last season. And when I say tracking, you, you know what I mean. Like this, this time last season, you know we're about three points behind. Yeah. We got a record points total for our club's history of eighty six points last year. And if we can keep tracking in that way, if I said to you before the season we're going to we're going to get eighty three points at the end of the season. You lot would have probably gone. Oh yeah, that that would that would definitely keep us in the title. Yeah, Barry Marmer at Wembley as well, Lee. This season, have to remember. Do you know what I mean? So, so, you know, I I think I think we can go there. I think we can win. Uh, You know, 
I think there'll be goals, but I just feel that it might be a mistake on either on, on either side. It could yeah. be a mistake with them, could be a mistake with us, but it'll be a tight game in that sense. I think you agree. I agree with you completely. Jace, bring it back in for a second. I mean, a win against Liverpool on Sunday will see us leapfrog them in the table. Do you see them, Jace, as the main direct competitor now for the top four? How do you see that battle shaping up? Because Chelsea have had a wobble recently. Arsenal in sixth. We're now obviously six points clear of them as well. How are you seeing this race for the top four at the moment, Jace? I think it's... Uh, yeah, I think it'll be one of us three that will miss out. That's what I still think Manchester United will end up being in there. And therefore, it's two from, from Chelsea, Liverpool and Spurs. I don't think Arsenal will get... I mean, Arsenal are now, what, they're six behind us, aren't they? Yeah. So that's eight behind Liverpool. We and make it, I mean, we in the make event it nine, Jace, the week after potentially. We have to bear that in mind. Well, well, I mean, even take that away. Mm. I mean, from their top four point, from their top four hopes, they've probably got to hope that Tottenham win. Because I mean, if Liverpool <laughs> beat them, then Liverpool go. You know, they'll be what nine or mm. eleven points clear of Arsenal, won't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it's eight at the moment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you know, then, then you think, well, that gap is way too big for Arsenal. So <clears throat> I think it is now. You know, between us, Chelsea, and and Liverpool for that third and fourth spot, and there's no reason why we can't finish higher than than fourth. I mean, we've last night's win takes us to within five of Man United. Well, I was so you, Jason, are they think... catchable? Do you think they're catchable? United. Yeah, I think Manchester United are catchable oh, really? for okay. sure. Right. Yeah, I think I still think Manchester United will be in the top four, but it may well mm. be that they end up finishing fourth. And I think the the runs that we'll all have in the Champions League will also come into it. I mean, let's be fair. If Manchester United have won last night got 11 points clear of us. They've more or less sealed then top four for themselves completely, hadn't they? You would say that, yeah. 11 in front of us, 14 in front of Arsenal, and then they could have taken it easy around Champions League games. Whereas they won't quite have that luxury to do that. So no, they're, they're definitely catchable, despite the fact I think they'll finish in the top four. But yeah, there's no reason why we can't aim for, for second and third still, that's for sure. Okay, and John, I mean, like I mentioned, Chelsea have had a wobble recently. They got beaten by Bournemouth the other night as well, which was great for us in terms of our result looking even better. How do you see John top four at the moment? Are you fairly confident Spurs can still make it? Yeah, I'm confident. I mean, firstly, I'd like to say, you know, we've all seen a Chelsea bun and the cherries always come out on top. So that, <laughs> that, that result was no surprise. Oh, fantastic. John's back. <laughs> Told you it was going to be shit, didn't I, Lee? <laughs> yeah, great. I'm loving it, mate. I'm loving it. But so, jo- yeah. John, for you, no. though, top four, still very much on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know that we are more than capable of going... Mm. So going on a run, we haven't lost since the 16th of December. That's a good point. Yeah, we're into we're into February now. Yeah. So I, I know that we've got a lot like, of killer group of games coming up. But if you're a professional footballer playing at the top level, surely you'd rather be doing this than well, first of all, than training, and secondly of all, you'd rather have Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Juventus, and all that coming up as opposed to you know being in a lower league, for example. These are the games where, as a professional. You can you can really test yourself. We get, you get a gauge of how good you are as a player and how, how good we are as a club. And you know, as Lee said, we've got you know historical. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's in our favour, but we, we've done this before and we've come out. You know what I mean? Smelling the roses. So let's hope it happens again. Yeah. I think in in a run like this, you would like to think that we would need no most motivating whatsoever. And if you look at the last couple of games before that with Southampton, Newport, and that they've been a bit. You know, I'm not saying complacency, but maybe that maybe it's something to do with that. Where you turn up and you go, right, we are we're one of the big boys. We're going to roll you over here, and it don't happen. It's a bit of a shock, and then comes you know a result and a performance like against United. And I think 
We're probably better off playing the top teams each week in, week out, because we've dropped some silly points against those we should be taking free against this season, let's be honest. So, it's definitely on, mate. Listen, until the fat lady thinks it's on, and there's there's absolutely no reason why we can't do it. We are, you know what I mean? We won't, we've been in the top four comfortably last two seasons. When we've lost our, our home, you know, that place we all love, we all miss it. We all, we all thought that would be a massive disadvantage, which it has been to an extent. It's coming around again soon, though, John. It's still there. It's coming around again, isn't yeah. it? And it's going to be coming quick exactly, as well. Mate. It's crazy how, that, how that's going in terms of the progress of the stadium. Unbelievable. Um, Lee, just coming back round to you, I mean, Mark, Stuart, John, we're getting loads of questions about team selection. So just for you, you're saying Aurea and Rose to start in terms of the only changes for you in the 11? No, no, no. I'm saying that I, I'm saying stay as is. You would. So you would, so you would go there, Trippier... And Davis, look, don't change a winning side. I think right. John or Jake said it earlier. That's what I'm saying. Okay, we were outstanding last night in front of eighty-two thousand people, a record Premier League crowd. Mm. We we need to take that on. The momentum's there. Like, don't change it, Potts. Just keep it the same. If they're if they're not in their red zones or yellow zones or whatever zones they're in, <laughs> like you know, make sure that they're they're together and do it again. My my gut feeling is that he will change it because he likes to rotate the fullbacks, mm. and I and I'm not sure that he'll start Dembele because of you know about this whole fitness thing. But if everyone fit, I'd start the same eleven. Okay, and Jeff Knight asked Lee, will we see Lucas Moura at Anfield? Chance of the bench? Would you reckon, Lee? Potentially, Jeff. Uh, to be honest, I, potentially, I, I think that. The re- one of the reasons why we bought him a little bit like Lamella as well he's gone under the radar because of his mm. big injury and all that sort of stuff yeah. um, you know he, he has the ability to change the game we all remember um, the, you know the, the Rabona that Lamella did and, and I think Moore's got that you know if, if we're if we're looking to get at them if we're getting behind them no, no one no pace right that's one of the things that we've lacked a little bit with, with, with Spurs since the likes of Rose has been injured and Walker's gone and all that sort of stuff. And no defender, especially Liverpool ones, don't like being run against. So no one likes that pace. So, you know, maybe when the game gets a bit stretched later on, last 10, 15 minutes, maybe we see more. But knowing Potch, I think, Jay's called it earlier, I think Newport coming up, that's a perfect scenario for him. We, we probably won't see him. OK. Lee, can you be brave enough to give us a prediction then for Sunday? I'm brave. I mean, honestly, lads, I don't know whether you agree. This could be anything, right? It could be 4-0 Liverpool. It could be nil oh. 4 Spurs. It could be 2-2, <laughs> right? It could be that. But, I mean, I'm ever an optimist. And, mm. you know, all my mates will tell you that I'm always like, my, my glass is always half full. Yeah. So I'm going to go for, for the first time with the momentum. I'm going for a Spurs win. And I think we will win. 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Lee's going to be back on the podcast as well this season, guys. So you can bring this up. Like I say, 2-1. You've heard it here first. Lee McQueen, a 2-1 win. Jason, bearing in mind your <laughs> predictions have been all over the place this season. You don't mind me saying. What are you going to go for, Jason, on this one? I'm going to I'm gonna stick to my, my calculated methods of the Real Madrid and the Man United wins. And right. I'm going to say 3-1 to Liverpool. But you know why I'm saying that. Okay. Okay, I still don't like hearing it, but okay, fair enough. John, what are you going to go for on this one? It's going to be a, a great game at Anfield. So many attacking players out there on both sides. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game to watch. I think it'll be entertaining, but I've, I've got score draw. I okay. think it's, it's got it's one of them where... It'd be the worst result, though, know, John, would it? Score draw yeah, would you take that? Would you take the score draw? I would, only I would... because of our formally up there. I've got to be honest with you, that's just my perspective on it. But it's not, listen, in terms of the top four, it's not great for us, but 
it keeps a bit momentum Lee, going into like a critical period for us. Do you know what I mean? Mm. No, so I agree. I, I, don't, I don't think I'd take it if offered now, but you know, to dare is to do and all that. Yeah. But that's that's what that's what me head's saying. I go with me head. If I was going with me heart, I'd say six 0 to Spurs. But okay, you go <laughs> you go with your heart. You go with your head. Should I say, John? Go with me head. One one. Okay, lovely. Brilliant. And set pieces to play a big part in the game. That's true because Liverpool they've got a real well. So we haven't been great either down the well this season on set pieces. But I agree with you. Could be a real pivotal play. Before we wrap it up, guys, just a couple of quick fire questions. You guys send us in so many questions every week. We want to try and get through as much as we can. John, can I ask you just about the loans? We haven't really had much time to speak about players that have gone out. Obviously, Moore has come in. We've had loans for Incudu and Edwards, along with some of the academy lads as well. Just very quickly, John, to get your thoughts on Incudu and Edwards predominantly. What have you? made of their decisions in terms of going out on loan is there a future for these boys at Tottenham do you think uh, well I, I had a look at the list earlier on today Ricky and I must yep. say that of there's seven players that have gone out on loan in this window and I think Marcus Edwards is probably the only one who I'm not sure about I don't think what I mean by that is the others so I'm talking about Loft Amos Harrison Carter Vickers uh, Walks they don't have a future at Tottenham Hotspur Really? Yeah. I, I'd Definitely put not. money on that. Okay, right. Nkudu, Nkudu doesn't have a future at Tottenham Hotspur. Marcus Edwards is the only one I'm not sure about. Just because you hear these things, you know, like the Poch Messi comment and stuff like that. But then you see, you know, um, Norwich's manager yeah. come out a couple of days ago and questioned his, his uh, commitment and his work rate and stuff. And you it's go, his attitude, John. That's what it is. Yeah, it is his but, attitude. That is it. But I still, I still don't know whether there's anything to be read between the lines, Lee. Whether it's like a he's only seen him, John, for about four days, isn't he, John? But John, I think he's only been with the player for four days. And he's already making that judgment. Do you think that's really early, John? So made that judgment on him. Do you know what it is? But I'll tell you what, how I think, Rick. Mm. I'm thinking Pochettino's not necessarily telling the Norwich managers to say these things, right? But Poch would know how, what makes him tick, Edward. Mm. I, I totally so, agree with you. Mm. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't read too much into it. I reckon there's a bit of a uh, bit of you know they're playing with us a little bit. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up having a, a really good time at Norwich and you know playing really. There's a reason why the majority don't make it, and a lot of it is down to attitude and aptitude. You know they get too much too soon. We know that, and it depends how they deal with it. You've got to have that kind of Harry Kane about you, where you know that hunger and that desire. I know it's all cliches, but it's true. Because if you don't have that and you believe in your hype, then that's where you, you know that's where you fail. And I've, I, I worry that Edwards might be that another one that does. But oh, listen, we've we've not let go of anyone important, which is a big that's thing. A, that's a big thing, John. That gets overlooked sometimes, doesn't it? In a window where we've not let any of our big players go, John. Absolutely. I mean, we've got Onoma as well, isn't he? He's at, he's Onoma. at Villa. Yeah, Josh yeah. Onoma. is another one I'd put in the same bracket as Edwards. Lee, I'm still not sure about him. Because yeah, purely, I, because I think he's a good enough player, but we will, we would probably get fifteen million from him if we sold him, and I think that would outweigh any potential reason for keeping him. That's yeah. all. I've, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Of, what but, you would say, John? We've got a lot of wing options now, haven't we? As well, you know, Lamella's down well, there as well, yeah, and more is obviously I mean, coming now. I always see Josh Onomah as more of an eight. Right. More, you know, I was hoping a couple of years ago that he would be Dembele Mark Two, but it's not quite worked out for him yet. At Tottenham, mm. he's been, he's had to make the most of being shoehorned into into cup games against Wickham and what have you. So, I feel a bit for Josh. But, again, I think he's another one that I'm on the fence with. He could, he could still go either way. I'm not going to write him off just yet. But I was just, you know, you, you look at the players that, that we've kept and the ones that, the one that we brought in. And I, I just think, I'm sat there yesterday going, look, we've, we've, uh, we've been hearing about more of this, more of that. He's picking his squad number. He's had his medical and all this. And you sit there and you go, 
I, I ate the chart the window. I really ate it. Like you sit there and I'm going, the, the kind of person who expects Tottenham to sign a player on January the 31st is the same kind of person who expects to become a millionaire after opening an email from a Nigerian prince. I'll give it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. Well, I think it's it, brilliant. It's funny you should say that. I've just got an email. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if only. Who's I, it from? I'll oh, send you my account details in a minute. We'll sort that out. <laughs> brilliant. Fantastic. It, it's, it kills you. It, it's yeah. the, the hope, well, especially it? when you see the names we're linked with, the hope mm. kills you so much. It's worse than during a game if you're chasing a game and that because you go oh, I can accept this mm. when you've been getting this we've been linked with this one this one that one for a month or for a whole summer it does my head in and I'm so glad that it's the 1st of February and we can move on now and we've got a quality new addition to our yes. to our lovely squad that's the most important thing Jace, want to come round to you a couple of questions for you as well we'll try and get them squeeze them in here Willie asked the question what was the quickest goal you've ever witnessed before last night against Man United quickest one Jace? Because I've got no one's question. Oh, be quick. I, I can't be that quick. I, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, did Defoe score that bicycle kick? Yes, against Man United, United. A few seasons ago. Yeah, was that 30 that seconds was, or something? That in? was a very quick goal as well at the lane, wasn't Off it? Off the top of my head, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling to think of, of, a, of a faster. Well, I, I certainly, from, in terms of being in the stadium, I, I definitely haven't been in a stadium where we've scored, I think, after 20 seconds or something. The only other one I can think of that was really quick, which is which which is a horrendous one, was Thomas Rizicki against us. Mm. Yeah. I've got after a couple. about, what, 12, 13 seconds right. that was, I think, that night? John's got a couple lined up. Go on then, John. Fire at us. I had Danny Murphy after 39 seconds against Portsmouth, Portsmouth yes. 2006. Yeah, yeah. And Harry Kane at White Hart Lane the season before last after 44 seconds. And I remember that one because my eldest son was a flag bearer and he didn't get back to his seat in time to see the goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Brilliant. Fantastic. And sticking with you, Jace, one final question because you are you're, you're, you're fairly level-headed. So this is a Lorente question. He is still with us, guys. He was on the bench last night. Um, Aaron Pitters asks, I'm hoping Lorente is like Ronaldo last season. He kicks into the form just in time for the business end of the season. Do you think all his loss calls for him? Or do you think he can still make a positive contribution on the pitch before all is said and done? Jace, thoughts on that one? I think it... I think he'll struggle between now and the end of the season. But yes, I think there will be a time where he'll come up with a goal that will be absolutely vital for us. And it will just, you know, it'll just be that winner in a in a crappy game against, uh, I don't know, Brighton away or something like that. And, and that will be worth it. I mean, the only thing in fairness, you know, people are being a bit hard. Well, they're not being harsh on Lorente. As I said to somebody in the week, if you go back, let's, let's just wind the clock back to the window. And you think, what do Tottenham want? They want a bloke that's going to come and be happy to be a backup, and he's happy to be a backup. A bloke that's proven in the Premier League, he scored 15 goals last year. And we all talked about needing a bit of experience and, and somebody with a winning, winning mentality. And he's what? He's won three league titles, a European trophy, a World Cup, and things like that. So, you know, the, the deal still makes sense. It's just that it hasn't worked out for us. No. But, you know, I'm not going to jump all over the back of him well, I don't jump on Sissoko, so there you go. There you go. Well, well you're, you're a better man than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else has done it, Lee. Don't worry about it. I do agree with you, Jason, with uh, Levente. I absolutely agree. You know, the deal makes sense and it's the right thing to do. It's an impossible job. How do you back up the, the best? How do you come and fight for your place or whatever with the best right in the world? It's just an impossible job. And, you know, someone's got to do it and he's there. You know, we've got Janssen is out on loan. I think he's at Besiktas still, I think, if he, if he still plays for us. Yeah, and he was, mm. yeah, and he was, uh, he had the same problem. 
Uh, although he had concrete boots on, to be fair. But I mean, he he had um, he got the same problem. You can't he can't back up Kane because he's he's world class. So it's, it's very difficult. Um, but I think he's doing a good enough job for that. And by the way, he's already he's already uh, come up and scored a crappy goal against uh, a wind swept, rain swept Swansea, and it was way offside. But well done, Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> Finishing up with your lead. Final question. Listen, now me and Jason had Guillaume Balagay on this show to talk about his book, but I know you're a massive fan of Pochettino's books. The stateside Spurs asked the question, um, has anyone read or listened to the book? Now, I think a majority of us here have read it, including you. Lee, as a businessman that you are, what's the kind of things that you take away from reading Pochettino's book? Uh, okay, cool. Stateside Spurs. Hello, everyone. Um <laughs> I love his book, and what I take away from it, from a, from a business aspect, is, uh, and I think John, you talked about this earlier, or touched on it earlier. It's the mind. Uh, it's the mind. If you, if you, I think one of you or Jace or John, you, you mentioned earlier, if the player's mind isn't right for that game, Potts don't play him. You know, so we sit there and we're not privy to what goes on. You know, you know, it's very interesting how you manage play, players and how you manage people, human beings. You know, and it's the same in business as well. It's the same in all walks of life. You, you know, you, uh, you know, Ricky, you've had a, you've had an argument with your missus. You come into work next day. You have a bit of a shocker because she's made you sleep on a sofa or whatever it might be. How'd you That's find out? Affect that, eh? How'd you find out? <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, I've got, I've got my, I've got my spies. But you no, know, look. The point, the point is, is you know, whatever silly thing, if you like, is going on in your personal life, mm. is, it may well affect. Yes, they're professionals, but at the end of the day, you go in with a grump on, uh, and you turn up for training with grump on. You turn on match day, and you've got Saint going on niggling you or not right. It's Potticino's job, which I think he's very, very good, uh, very good at, is recognizing them situations and. And, and adapting the team or changing the team accordingly. You know, the whole thing blowing up earlier in the year about Danny Rose and not being selected and all that sort of stuff. And I think he handled it brilliantly well. So, you know, that's that's what I take from, from Pochino. It's, it's the mind piece. You know, Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson was an absolute genius at it. Not only did he get the best... I mean, you, you think about just going on to, on to the mind stuff, how, how important it is in football, the whole confidence thing... I think I think Manchester City have got amazing players, right? I think we all think that. But how are they that amazing? But the fact is that they win every week or most weeks. They're winning and confidence, and you know their their, their mind is that we're not going to lose because they don't lose. Do you see what I mean? So that makes them even better. So I, I think he's got the mindset right. And what we needed at our phenomenal football club was a culture change, a a, a reason to to believe. To be brave, which is why he's called the book that and why Jace was talking about being brave against Liverpool. We needed that in our club because in the core of our club, we had the, the bail money spent and wasted on the Polinos and the Adebayors and all these types of players. And, and the culture within the club, it was in the walls of, you know, we're mediocre, we're spursy, we're soft. We're not soft anymore. No. And, and we, we, we now go into... Um, games, big games, with the belief and the ability that we can do something. And Potch has done that to us. And what a way Lee, that you've is. made me cry again. Well, what, but what a way that is <laughs> to go into... Out, well, is, I, I need another Anki. <laughs> <laughs> what a way that is to go into Liverpool at the weekend. A big game. And like Lee says there, it is all about the mindset. Fingers crossed these players are going to be ready. Lee, thank you so much for coming back on the show. And no doubt, Lee, we'll have you back on before the end of the season. A hundred percent, mate. I've been loved it. Enjoyed it. Thanks, enjoyed having you, John. Thank you as always for coming back on the show again. Likewise, John, you'll be back, no doubt, very, very soon. Yeah, mate, I'll be back. You can't keep me away. No, you like can't keep me away. Smell. Not at all. Not at all. Keep coming back, John. <laughs> and finally, Jace, we're gonna be back on Monday night discussing this huge, huge game. Fingers crossed, Jace will get over the line, eh?
Yeah, fingers crossed we're all as, as buzzing as we were today. And, and, you know, hopefully Cameron Yardy won't feed me to the Sharks again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm going to say is, in the words of Lee and Jason and John, let's be brave. Let's go and take the game to Liverpool. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.